Good morning. Ooh, hello. Welcome to Glenlock this morning. Thankful that you can be here with us. Um, we had a really good crowd here at 11. I mean at 9, so I figured it'd be a little bit, a little bit less full at 11, but we're thankful that you're here with us um, this morning. Uh, just a few announcements before we get started. One being that our students are leaving for camp tomorrow morning. Um, so just be in prayer for our students this week, all those who are going, the leaders especially. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, be in, be in prayer for all of us. We're excited about camp, as we always are. And um, just looking forward to the awesome things that God will do in the lives of our students this week. So uh, be, please be in prayer for us as we head down to uh, Laguna Beach. Also, uh, Glenlock Soccer is coming up in the fall. Um, the, there's a registration uh, form on the, the website. Um, you can register your, your, your children that way. Um, and there's also evaluations, which is August 24th. Um, so if you would like to, if you have any more questions about that, if you'd like to volunteer to coach, um, anything like that, you can see me or Erica or Neil, and um, we can point you in the right direction. But always, that's a great ministry to our community, to our church. And so we, we look forward to soccer season here at Glenlock. Um, next week, we will have a deacons meeting at 5 o'clock. And then following that, we're going to have a um, praise and prayer service at 6 o'clock here in the main sanctuary. For anybody who wants to come, we're just going to worship, uh, pray together, um, just, just spend time together as the church, praying specifically for our church, for our community, and all those different areas of ministry that we're involved in. So if you'd like to be a part of that, just be here at 6 o'clock next Sunday night, and uh, we, will, we will have some time together um, in prayer and praise. And also, um, tonight we will have adults, we will have children, but we won't have any student services tonight because we're going to be packing for camp. So um, adults and children will meet tonight um, as usual. We had a few prayer requests um, in the first service, one being uh, the family, or the or Ainsley Yarborough. Um, she is a member at Liberty Baptist Church in Bowden. She's in the, uh, she's in the ICU um, in at Emory uh, having some difficulty with COVID and uh, they were praying today that there would be some some positive changes in her um, CT scans uh, she has some swelling so if you if you take time to pray for her today also Neil and his family they're traveling back today um, so be in prayer for them and then we had a praise um, Larry Teeter's cousin Tom France who had cancer is actually back at work full-time so they were excited to announce that um, and we're, we're thankful for the Lord to the, that the Lord um, helped them through that. We have any other prayer requests that we need to know of this morning? Okay. Well, before we get started with worship, I'm going to ask uh, John Mark Arp. He's going to come forward and and uh, lead us in our call to worship. Good morning. Um, I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 3, uh, 12 through 17. The preceding verses, Paul is telling the church of the, the Colossians to put away or put to death certain aspects of their life. Um, but then he transitions to verse 12 and says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you so you also must forgive 
And above all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I'll stop right there just a second. That just reminds me. I'm, I have a short-term memory on a lot of things. And I start reading this list of things to put on, to put on, to put on. But I think if we just remember to put on that love of Christ, that all these things will flow together. All these things will be manifest. And I don't think it's just like that love that we think about, oh, just love, but it's loving Christ. If we love Christ, everything else will come together. I think that's what he's saying there. And just finishing out. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, to everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Father God, we are grateful to be here together uh, to worship you. God, I pray that you would just open our hearts, open our minds, God, to, to receive your word, to receive the teaching that, that Bill's going to share with us today. God, and to pour out our worship and praise for who you are. Father, I pray that we would just... Um, dive into your word to know you more, spend time in prayer with you, Father, so that we do love you. And God, all these things will fall into place. God, we'll put the death, the sinfulness in our lives, Father, and we will put on the things that, that you would have us to put on. God, we just thank you once again for who you are. In your name I pray, amen. Good morning. If you'll stand this morning, we're going to begin worship with singing Cornerstone.
to our God. We're going to keep singing this morning with He Keeps Me Singing. together and sing praises to your name, God. Lord, thank you for the um, sweet, sweet name of Jesus, God, and the precious price that he paid at Calvary for us, God. Lord, this morning, may we be reminded how um, we are to pay it forward um, for that precious gift that was so freely given to us, God. And Lord, if there's anyone here who's not accepted that gift of salvation today, Lord, we pray that today will be their day of salvation, God. Lord, I lift up um, Brother Bill to you, God. I just pray that you'll speak clearly through him as he dives into Corinthians with us this morning, Lord. We pray for Pastor Neil, that he is having a safe trip back home, um, and that you've just um, 
spiritually revived him this week, God, and we thank you for his leadership in our church, God. Lord, we just love you and praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, and children are dismissed with Miss Erica to Children's Church. So glad to be here with you guys this morning uh, while Neil's out. And uh, I'm going to be reading this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. And while you're flipping there, I'm going to just say one more quick word of prayer, if you don't mind. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you. Um, I just pray that you would speak to me this morning, God. I pray that you would uh, be with Neil and his family as they make their way back, God. I pray that you would just give them safe travel. And for everyone who is traveling especially for our youth group tomorrow morning, that you would be with them, be with the leaders, uh, give them more rest than they're actually going to get, and just give them stamina to make it through, Father. We pray that, that the youth camp would go extremely well next week, um, that lives would be changed, Father, that people would grow in you and come to know you, Father. Be with all the churches that are going to participate in that, and just let it be a great week. Father, we love you, we thank you, and just ask this in your precious name. Amen. Again, I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. And so just join with me as I read God's word. For even as the body is one, it yet has many members, and all the members of the church, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot foot says, because I am not a hand, I will not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less the part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which, deem, which we deem less honorable on those we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable, whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving much more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the Christ body and individually members of it. So the, um, the book of 1 Corinthians, the history behind it, I'm a history major and I love the history and I like to look at the history of of uh, of a book and uh, the history behind this if you're interested and you want to go home and read this you can read Acts 18 and you see the forming of the church in Corinth through this particular passage and it, the the church is founded in Paul's second missionary journey and if you're not familiar with Paul Paul was really the the template for being a missionary he was the first missionary he was the one that uh, kind of set the standard for everyone that follows. And he, he also was the first church planner. Because wherever he went, he was looking to start a church. He wanted to start a body where people could, could come together, they could grow, and then they could turn around and they could um, 
lead other people to Christ. So he was a, a missionary, first church planner. So he did a lot to establish the foundations that would come in, in the church. And so you see this in, 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 his, um, in, in his founding of the church in Corinth. And if, if you look in Acts 18, you find that he had great success at Corinth. So much so that God talks to, to Paul and says, stay here for a while. And he does. He stays for about a year and a half, has great success, leads a lot of people to Christ. And he also um, stays with them to teach them, to guide them, and to just impart truth to them so that they could turn and build the church on the foundation that he had, he had learned from Jesus himself. And so you see this happening, but as happens so often in, in churches, we see that the church in Corinth had kind of drifted away from where Paul had established them. He, they, they've kind of strayed away from the foundations. And you see in this book, you, you see also in, in like 1 Corinthians chapter 5, that this was not the first letter that Paul had written to them. And I think it's chapter 5, he talks about another letter that he had written earlier to them. But we only have First and Second Corinthians, the rest has been lost to history. But we can tell from, especially 1 Corinthians, but also 2 Corinthians, that this church um, had a lot of issues, and um, Paul is addressing them here. He kind of addresses them one by one. And so he's addressing all of the issues, and, and to be honest with you, um, you see a lot of the same problems that we saw then, today, in our, in our modern churches. Uh, if you look at like our society today, if you pay attention to what's happening, what you begin to see is that more and more, it, it, our society is becoming a place where people worship the self. They worship themselves. They, put, they become their own God, and they, they're the center of their universe. And what's sad and, and scary is you, you begin to see that happening in the church as well, where rather than being a united body, we become individual units, and we don't work and move in the same path or direction like God is calling us to. And so Paul, 2,000 years ago, found this happening in the church in Corinth. And this is one of his you know, crowning jewels, and, and he saw all the issues that they were having. So he writes this letter to address this, and specifically the, the, the problem with disunity, Paul addresses here in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12. And he comes up with, and, and obviously this, the Holy Spirit is um, inspiring him, him, him here, but he comes up with this brilliant analogy of the body. There's a, a theologian named Stephen T. Um, and he says this about this particular passage. God has designed his church to be a community of complement, complementary interdependence, which means that we each bring something to the table that everyone else needs. Like that we can't do it all on our own. We can't accomplish everything. Pastor Neil is not the sum of the church. He doesn't do all of the work. Catherine, uh, Bryson, our musicians, they don't, aren't the ones that are called to do ministry. All of us are. All of us are called to be a part of Glenlock Baptist Church, a piece of the puzzle. And so Paul is addressing that in this chapter. He's telling the Corinthians, you guys need to quit being so individualistic and begin to do and be what God has called you to be, which is a body of believers that depend on one another, that love one another, that cling to one another. And that is a difficult thing. Um, recently, we, we, I led a mission trip back where I was born. If you don't know, I was born in Michigan. Long story. If you want to know it, I'll share it later. But um, we went back to the, to the neighborhood, to the place where I was born to do a mission trip. 
and I rode through my neighborhood, and I took some of the students that were with me, and they wanted to see where I grew up, and I could go around that neighborhood and, and name people from almost every one of the houses in my neighborhood, or at least tell you something about the people who live there. And now, like, I'll admit, as a minister, I don't really know that many of the people who live around me. And, and our society has gotten that way. We're, we're, we're very divided. We, we really don't, don't know that many people, maybe if, apart from who we work with or apart from who we go to church with. And really, we don't even know people we go to church with a lot of times. And so, you know, God is calling us to begin to learn how to be dependent on one another because we don't have all of the pieces of the puzzle. Um, Neil, our pastor, is a very gifted pastor. He is a very gifted preacher. But if we just rely on Neil to do all the ministry, this church is going to fail eventually because he can't do it all. He's one person, one individual, and we are many. And God has gifted each of us uniquely. And you can see this if you go back and read 1 Corinthians 12 and some other passages where he talks about the gifting of the Spirit. Like we, if you're a Christian and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have been gifted uniquely to do something in the larger body of Christ, but also that same thing within our body of Glenlock Baptist Church, if you're a member here. And so a lot of people don't ever, they live their whole life. And this is kind of sad to me, and they never figure out where they're gifted. And so I want to challenge you, and that, that's the main challenge of this particular sermon, is to find your place in the body of Christ, to find your gifting and to begin to use it. And I want to talk a little bit about what happens when we don't. Uh, when I was in a junior in high school, I played football. That was one of my big things. And I still to this day have no clue. I cannot tell you how I did this, but nonetheless, I did it. I'm a little bit, bit of a klutz, I guess. But I broke both big toes at the exact same time during the football season. Um, and I, I, it, was, it was very painful. And my wife's a physical therapist. She's going to tell you that you need your big toes. I mean, it, it helps you balance. It helps kind of keep you in line. And um, every step I took from that moment on was painful. I, I, I didn't miss any football, so I played football. But like going from class to class was extremely painful. And I'll be honest with you, I really don't know how I did, did that. I really don't know how I made every step because every step was painful. And so when you, when you start thinking about your body and this analogy that Paul is using, and you begin to, like everybody in here probably has had some kind of issue with their body at some point or another. Broken a finger, a toe, had an eye infection, had an ear infection. If you want to know how miserable someone could be because of an ear, have a child get an ear infection. Isn't that miserable? You guys all know what I'm talking about. Every, almost every child at some point gets an ear infection. And you're thinking it's just a small part of the body. But that small part of the body can completely affect the entire body. And so that's the issue that we're dealing with in the church is because so many people don't know that they've got a place, that they've got a job, that they have a task that they need to accomplish in the body. And, it, and if you, like the, the passage is saying, Paul is saying, if you're, you're an, an, an eye and you say, I'm not going to be an eye anymore, I'm going to be a nose. Well, we can't hear if you're not going to be who you are. You know, if you're, gonna, you're a nose and you say, no, I'm going to be a toe, well, we can't smell anymore. And all of those functions are necessary for us to be able to operate in the way that God intended for us to. And so we need everyone to figure out where their place in the body is. And that is not always an easy thing. But I want to read um, a passage 
And this is uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, that kind of gives a little bit more of an idea of, of the interdependency that we have. Let me read that. For Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one keep be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. So the writer of Ecclesiastes is telling us we can do far more with two than we can with one. So how much more could we do with a hundred or two hundred? How much more could we do when there's a billion Christians supposedly in the world today? If each of those people figured out where they are gifted and began to use their gifts... Like, it's overwhelming when you think about there are roughly 7 billion people in the world, and there's about 1 billion Christians, and you think, man, there's 6 billion people who don't know Christ, that need to know Christ. And that's overwhelming. But then when you stop and you go, but if I do my part, and let's say everybody reached 6 people, then everybody's reached. It becomes a whole lot easier to think in those terms, to think, I just have to do my part. And you got to figure out what your part is. You know, your part may be evangelism. Your part may be doing something to, to get ready for the worship on Sunday morning. It may be working with One Night in Bethlehem so that people can come and see the story and, and hear the gospel. It may be working in the music when we get our choir back, maybe singing in the choir so that people can hear the praises of God sung. It may be working with children. It may be working with youth. It may be working with older adults. You know, it may be working with some, with the, um, the, the, um, the food chantry and, on Tuesday mornings. There's so many things that you can do and be a part of, and you just got to figure out where you fit, where, where you belong. And Tammy was um, sharing with me between services her story, and uh, I asked her if I could share her story a little bit. But she was telling me that for a long time she really tried to figure out where does she fit in the church, where is she gifted, where can she use her talents the best? And then she said about 10 years ago, she um, found her way to working in the computers on Sunday mornings and helping make sure everything is going right behind uh, Neil and making sure everything is happening with the computers. And she said finally at that point, she figured out this is what I'm called to do. And she does a great job. Alan's back there. He does a great job. All of those people that do things behind the scenes that we never see our musicians that, that we don't ever think or think think or think about that much because they do such a great job there's so many things that can be done and, and I just want to encourage you to just to be a, a part of that process and I want to share just a story um, my family and I had a the opportunity to be a part of that mission trip to Michigan that I was talking about and uh, we were or I was gone for 16 days my family joined me about halfway through and we have a summer missions program in Georgia that students who are involved in BCM can apply to. It's called SemiNow. You can look at SemiNow.net to see a little bit more about the program. And so people apply in the fall, and then in January we have a selection process. And we had 11 students that were selected to go on this mission trip to Michigan with us. And um, for the most part, I didn't know those students, and they didn't know me, and they didn't know each other. In April, uh, we did uh, an orientation, but we only had a half an hour. 
And we had to organize it ourselves. And so I was like, hey, everybody, come to the lobby of the church we were in. And we huddled up in the lobby, and we introduced ourselves. And then for me, I got pulled out because there were a lot of parents who were, um, that were of the students that were going, and they wanted to ask a lot of questions. So I didn't really get to be a part of the conversation. But we really didn't know each other. And so we, we left being, uh, there were 11 students and three campus ministers, and then my family, that's 17, we were pretty much strangers. Uh, except for I know my family and uh, I knew the other campus ministers but we got on two vans and spent two days driving up which meant half the group was in one van half the group was in the other and when the students weren't sleeping we were talking we were getting to know each other so we were kind of getting to know our van but we still weren't getting to know the other van and so when we finally got there you know some students really expressed concern that like we had one girl we picked up a couple hours into the trip and she said I was really nervous because I thought everybody's going to know each other and then we're going to get there, and I'm going to be on the outside. But she said, but everybody just really made me feel welcome, made me feel a part. And that was pretty cool because the group really did gel. And, and it's cool because I've led so many of those trips um, every, all over the place. And what I've seen for the most part is what happened in Michigan, where you have people who don't really know each other, who come together under God, with a purpose, and they use their gifts and their abilities. And it was really cool for, for me as a leader to watch people kind of rise up and go, ooh, I'm, I'm pretty good at this, or I'm good at this. And we had opportunity to sing, and we had a lot of really good singers. Uh, we had some people who, I mean, they could, they could really sing. And we had opportunity to share uh, that in several services, so they were able to use those gifts. And we had one guy who was the tech guy. And he was able to use his gifts uh, to be able to get sound working, to get the video working, which was vital because we did a lot of children's ministries. We did backyard Bible clubs. And so we did that in three different settings. And so he had to figure out, you know, how to get everything working in each setting. And then we had people who were gifted with children, people who were gifted with games. We just had people who just had various gifts and they were able to we were able to watch God as he kind of worked together to meld us into a team, to bring us together, again, a bunch of strangers, but strangers who are family because we're brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ and begin to meld us into a team. And so we, we, we made it through the first week kind of figuring out everybody's talents, and we began as, like, the, the leaders on the trip began to give students more responsibility as we began to see, okay, this person's gifted here, this person's gifted here and here. And then my, my wife and kids came, and I know they were nervous when they came in because they were gonna like, everybody's going to be you know, in this unit and bond, and we're going to come in and disrupt everything. And I know they were nervous, right? And um, I wasn't sure how, okay, how is this going to work because we really are bonded. But after the first week, I mean, we were going from early in the morning until late at night, and everybody was already pretty, pretty tired by the time they got there. And they came in and brought a whole new enthusiasm, a whole new energy, a whole new gift uh, group of gifts that they have, and they came and plugged in, and it enabled our team to kind of stretch out a little bit on really the busiest week of ministry. Like we we did some fun stuff in the first week, and my, my family didn't get to do that because um, they came in on a, the heaviest week that we had in ministry, and um, but it was a good week, and so they enabled the some people who were a little more tired to kind of get a little rest and kind of. Um, go into a different area maybe that they were gifted in. But anyways, throughout the whole thing, we really relied on one another, and God used that group of 17 people 
to minister to a lot of people. I'm not exactly sure how many, what the number is, because we did a lot of children's ministry. We did outreach. Um, we did some different services. We, we sang. We did testimonies. We did a lot of things. But it was just cool to see how God in just this one moment, these 17 people who will probably never be a, together again in, 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 in any circumstances till we get to heaven, but brought us together to make us a unit, to make us a team. And that is what the, the body of Christ is about, is everybody using their uniqueness, their gifts, their abilities, and being able to, to use them in the body. And that is in the, the larger body, but also in Glenlock Baptist Church. That we are able to, to use our gifts and abilities to accomplish ministry that is so much more than if it was just done by a small amount of people. And, and the statistic goes um, like 6% of the people do like 90% of the work in most churches. And it really needs to be 100% of the people doing 100% of the, the ministry. Everybody has a place. Everybody has something that, that they can do that is a piece of the puzzle. And, I, you know, I've, I've been working with college students for a long time. I've been working with young people for a long time. And I know what they bring to the table. They bring a lot of energy. They bring a lot of excitement. And, and it's fun. Like the last night of our last was a VBS. Um, and you know how we always do the music when the dance with the VBS. And we had some people who were just really good at that. And it, it just kind of a spontaneous dance off with all the kids and all of our students, my, my family included. Will was right up there in the mix. Emily was in there in the mix. And, and they were just doing all the VBS dances. And they just went through. And it wasn't planned. It just happened because everybody was just so excited to be there to be a part of that. And it was a really cool thing to see. Um, so everybody has that piece of the puzzle. And everybody has the piece of the puzzle here that you're called to do, to, take, to be a part of. And so I encourage you to find that. How do you do that? Because, like I shared with Tammy, Tammy struggled for a couple of decades to find her place. Like, where exactly am I gifted? And I'm going to tell you that for, for a lot of you guys, you're going to kind of drift a little bit. You may have to try some things and go, is this where I fit? Uh, maybe this isn't the fit. How about this? Until you find that place, that perfect fit. And Tammy has found her fit back there. And I appreciate her sharing that story because it's so perfect for what I'm saying. But I encourage you guys to find that place where you're being called. So how can, you, how can you go about that process? Number one, you can do trial and error. You can try things. If you, if you look at the announcements, there's a lot of things happening that you can be a part of, that you can get plugged in. And you may think, man, I can't do that. But if God's calling you, he's going to equip you. And he's going to get you ready and enable you to do what, what he needs you to do. This, the second thing I would encourage you is read your Bible and pray. And you know, that sounds like such an easy thing. And it sounds obvious, you know, read your Bible and pray. Well, that's in church that's kind of stupid why do you say that because it's not always easy it is not always easy for us to daily pick up our bible read and pray it's just not i did a wedding yesterday and we were talking challenging the bride and the groom to to come back and remember the vows that they were saying yesterday every day and to renew those and it's kind of a daily thing it's a daily struggle that we go through as christians to to commit ourselves to christ to read and pray daily Second thing, be a part of worship. You're here, you're, you're worshiping here today. I, I want to applaud you for doing that. And I'm going to tell you, he's not here so I can talk about him. Neil is a phenomenal preacher. He preaches the word of God. He preaches it, he preaches it with depth, with detail. And I love the way he preaches. And I'm going to tell you that there are a lot of churches 
that are not doing that. And I see it a lot. And I see students who come out of churches and they're like, and we, we try to preach depth where I'm at in the ministry and students are like, I've never heard this kind of depth. And I'm like, wow, that's sad. Because people aren't preaching the word of God. So thank, be thankful we're in a church with a pastor who loves the word of God and is preaching it. So be a part of worship. Um, be a part of a Sunday school group. How many of you guys teach a Sunday school class? Let, raise your hand up high. Raise it up high so everybody can see it. Look around the room. There's Sunday school classes in here. If you're not a part of a Sunday school class, find one of these people. You can also find Jeff Rue. Jeff was in the early service. He's our Sunday school director. He will lead you to a Sunday school class. My wife and I are about to start a new class for parents of people who have youth. So anywhere from middle school to high school, maybe even out into children's ministry, if you have someone that age and you want to kind of be a part of a group with people who have, other people who have people that age, we want to encourage you to join us. We're going to start in that class in early August. Be a part of a Sunday school group. And the other thing is to talk to our staff, our deacons, church leaders, and figure out where the needs are. Like I said, we just have this announcements going, and uh, there's a lot of needs up there that we need to, um, to do, to get done. And, and I want to tell this quick analogy, a couple quick analogies to end. The first is, um, I want to tell you a story about my grandfather, my grandfather Grissett. Uh, he was, my dad was raised in a Methodist church. My grandpa was actually a Baptist when he was born, but he became a Methodist. And he was very active in his church. He did everything. He was a, a, a deacon. He um, did all, the, all kinds of ministry. He was very actively involved. Along with, he ran a little country store. They owned a country store. Uh, in the town that he was born in, in Wallace, Georgia, if any, or Wallace, Georgia, Wallace, Alabama. If anybody's heard of that, I'll be stunned because it's in the middle of nowhere. But they had the store, they had a farm, and my grandfather had a full-time job. And then he was very active in the church. And around, when he started getting older, he felt like God was calling him to do more in the church. In fact, he was calling, God was calling him to, to preach. And so at the age of 63, my grandfather retired from his full-time job and he went to um, Atlanta, Georgia, to Emory, which was a much more conservative seminary then. And he had dropped out of you know, school, and he was, I think, in sixth grade, which was very common back then. So he could work with his, his uh, family to help provide. And that's what happened a lot of times in those days. So he had a sixth grade education. He went to Emory, spent three years, graduated at the age of 66, and he became a, a pastor. And he pastored a lot of little small churches in South Georgia, in the Methodist Convention, and he one day was there was a, a big hurricane that that uh, hit South Alabama and North Florida, and it was um, when he was in Mobile preaching, and he they had a lot of cleanup to do. And my grandfather was stubborn. Grissets are very stubborn. You just need to know that about us. So he was doing way too much, and um, he finished cleaning for the day, and he went in and to finish his sermon, and he finished his sermon for the week. And he stood up, he had a heart attack, and he died writing a sermon. So he, he died doing what God had called him to do. So I encourage you guys, it doesn't matter what, how young you are, it doesn't matter how old you are, there's something for you to do. Um, and, you know, prayer is vital, it's huge. And if you, if you feel like God is calling you to dedicate yourself to be in prayer for our staff and our church, that is huge. That is one of the biggest things that you can do, but there is a place for you somewhere. I got one more analogy that I want to leave you with, and then we're going to be done for the for the the day. Um, 
I, I saw this story a long time ago, and I've used this with my students on several occasions. But there is a story of, of an Indian chief who had a lot of sons. And the Indian chief was getting to the end of his, his life, and he knew it. He knew he was going to die. And so his sons were all divided. They were always fighting. And he looked, and he was like, I'm going to die and leave our tribe in a huge mess because they're going to be fighting, and they're going to split the tribe, and, they're gonna, and, and it's going to become multiple tribes instead of staying united. So he had his sons go out into the woods. He said, go find two sticks. You know, at least this long, find two sticks. So they did. They all went out. And he said, put his sons in a circle. And he said, all right, I want you guys to grab one of the sticks. And I want you to break it. And so they all broke the stick easily. Were able to snap the sticks in two. So he goes, now bring me the other stick. And so he, they, they brought the father the sticks. And he bound the sticks with rope. And he made them all into to individual sticks into one. And he said, all right, now I want you to try to break this. So one by one, they tried to break the sticks, and they couldn't do it. And then together, they tried to break the sticks, and they couldn't do it. And I, like I said, I've done this with students. It works. But the analogy is together, like individually, we can be broken. But if we hang together, it's almost impossible to break us. And we need to be united. That is what Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians 12. That is what God inspired him to put down. That is what God wants of us at, at Glenlock Baptist Church, for us to be one, to be united, to bond together, not to be separate individuals like the world is doing so much. It's all about the self out there. But in here, it should be about us together and using our abilities to help one another to become stronger, to be able to spread the gospel further into the world. Um, that's the message. You have a place. You've got to figure out what it is. What is God calling you to do? Where is God, where's the place for you in the kingdom of God, the greater kingdom, but also in this body, Glenlock Baptist Church? This is a great church, and it could be greater if everyone begins to use their gifts and abilities for the kingdom. So that's the challenge. I'm going to pray, and then Catherine's going to come back up. Uh, Bryson's going to come. If you want to make a decision, the, the altar is open. Bryson will be up here. And um, let me just pray for you guys. Father, we come before you. We just thank you so much that you're a God who loves us enough to give us a task, to give us a place that we could be uh, of use and of service, Father. Thank you for that. Thank you that you give us the ability to be used. Father, help us to become united, to become one. And to become what you have called us to be, the body of Christ. Father, we love you and we thank you. And we just ask this in your name. Amen.
And instead of singing, we're actually going to just have a time of prayer for our youth and all of our adults that are going down this week. Um, Ms. Gina, will you lead that prayer over our youth and our trip this week for you, please? Hey, and we will draw for the big green egg today if you bought one of those raffle tickets. And if you didn't buy one of those raffle tickets, I think I have eight left at the desk. They're $10, so good luck if you bought one of those tickets for the youth. 